0: Welcome to this Central Rivers AEA Learning On Demand podcast. I'm Beth Strike, and I'm the Director of Creative Services and Communications, and I'm here with Jen Sigrist, Director of Educational Services and a leading expert on future-ready practices in the state, if not the nation, really. Jen, welcome. Thanks, Beth. Good to be here. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about going beyond embedding choice in your instruction. We're going to explore more advanced ways to promote learner agency, And I know very little about this topic, so this is going to be fun. (laughs) Be fun for me, too. All right. All right. Let's dive right in. So when it comes to learner agency, what are the instructional shifts a teacher would need to make? So I know we talked earlier in a more beginning level podcast about just this whole concept of what it is. But now we want to really get into the instructional shifts. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure.
1: You know, as a secondary teacher, I learned about this um, probably the most from being an elementary principal. Watching elementary teachers um, establish routines and put structures in place so kids over the course of the year can be more um, independent is really where I started to understand some of the instructional shifts we're gonna talk about today uh, for learner agency. Um, As a high school teacher, when I had a 15, 16 year old come into my classroom, I'm like, why don't you already know this? Why can't you already figure out the steps you need to take to complete this project? Um, you know, it's due in two weeks, just get it done. And, and I didn't understand the things that I could do as a teacher to set them up for success in, you know, kind of managing their own time and their own project. So when we think about instructional shifts that a teacher can make, one of the things that I think about is start small in giving kids uh, choice and freedom in their learning and build in structures that you can take away over time, um, you know, scaffolds you can take away over time, uh, like daily check-ins, just as an example. So you could start with a project and we have students, um, you know, maybe choosing how they're going to complete a project. Everyone has it due at the same time, but they have lots of freedom, let's say, in, in how they're going to come across this information. Well, The first time you give them this choice, instead of saying it's due in two weeks, go, you could say, I'm gonna build in a pre-check-in for this class and at the end of class, I'm gonna check in um, and we're gonna see what we accomplished, what worked well today. You know, so just building in some of those scaffolds so kids have time to think about, hey, what worked for me today? What didn't? What do I wanna do differently tomorrow? Um, So giving time for those conversations that we just assume kids have, is also a great way to uncover, you know, supports kids may may need. Like, oh, maybe they're not good at setting goals. You may need to come in and help them, you know, set realistic goals. Uh, I know the first time I asked a, a student to set a goal, they're like, well, it's to get it done. Like, okay, Mm-mm. well, we got to break that down. Where are the pieces you're going to have to do in order to accomplish that bigger goal? So when it comes to instructional shifts, the first thing I would, I would say is really um, – thinking about how can you build in structures so that the independence isn't expected day one, it's developed over the course of the year and then, of course, over the course of the student's um, educational career. So we have to build those scaffolds in, um, release them gradually, so students can become more independent uh, in their learning. Nice. So
0: we have focused so much on the curriculum and so much on... The assessment and the instruction, those are all really important things, but I'm hearing you say it's also some of these other supports that maybe we've forgotten about along the way that are more, uh, we're more used to providing in the elementary years that we need to kind of bring some of those back and they really would help um, with this. So when you think about being a teacher who's wanting to do this and make these
1: instructional shifts, what do
0: you think I need to know and be able to do to do that?
1: Well, one of the things, I mean, I think every teacher would do this if they thought they had the time. So letting go of some of the, you know, I have to get through the curriculum, and instead thinking about what are the big ideas for the content that I want students to take away, you know, just, just shifting that mindset to a list of standards that I'm going to get through to a, what's the big idea I want them to uncover from the, you know, these set of standards, uh, bundling those standards might be a starting point. Because then when we have the big idea, we can then step back as a teacher and say, okay, To get that big idea across, you know, what things are non-negotiable, what what does everyone have to have, but then where do we have opportunities for kids to to have different amounts of choice? Um, It could be choice in what they read, how they go about it, and it can also then get to a point where students are designing their learning. Um, When we have opportunities to get at the big idea instead of a list of standards, we find ourselves going toward, you know, more conversation about what could it look like? Instead of, what do I need to, to deliver to you today? So um, I think one of those, those need to know how to do skills for teachers is really get to the big idea, what's essential in learning, beyond just going through a list of standards. The next thing then I would say is to think about the opportunities there, there exists in that learning for kids uh, to design their own pathways, um, to design their choices. And then here's the part where the teacher content knowledge becomes so critical. Because then the teacher can say, Here are things that I know are good resources. Here are things that I know kids are gonna stumble with, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna head off those misconceptions. And that's when that direct instruction can come in play just in time, instead of just in case you're ready for them. And you see where this class is going to go, where the, these group of students are going to go. And, you know, you can help them, um, you know, with those misconceptions as they, they come along. And the other thing I would mention too then, Beth, is having those resources that provide structure for students. So if it's a, a, a tool that helps them plan out their project or their learning, if it's uh, um, a learning strategy or learning inventory that helps them say, hey, this is what interests me about this topic. This is what I want to uncover. Here's the question I'm interested in answering as a student. Having some of those templates or question stems, those things ahead of time that, you know, it's kind of that structure I mentioned early on in our, our conversation where you don't just drop a minute and say, hey, figure out what you want to learn. You have structures and scaffolds and resources for them to help think through uh, what it is they need to learn and want to learn um, in that in that big idea you've set out for them.
0: interesting. it sort of reminds me of what we used to say. a teachers more of a guide than being upfront that old you know uh, way of thinking about it where the teacher's upfront doing all the teaching. We're more guiding alongside the student providing the support, so would that be true.
1: Oh, absolutely. that's the art of teaching that a computer, no YouTube. You know, no TikTok is ever going to take away the place mm-hmm. of a teacher when it comes to that ability to guide. I can get a lecture on demand. I can get that on the computer, but I can't get that guide that you can be as a teacher. That's what makes us so critical and why we'll never go away. Even though the next YouTube will come out, the next technology, you know, app will will make something else more accessible to kids. Um, but the ability to connect with them to know what they're interested in to say, Hey, you know, you're going here. Have you, have you thought about this? That's what a teacher does um, that a computer just can't do. Uh, And really that ability to help kids think about, you know, this is what went well for me today and coaching them. um, That's, that's something a computer can't do. And and so that guide, that coach, that reflect, how did this work for you? Uh, I mean, you can do that with kindergartners as well as seniors. We just don't always feel like we have the time to really embed that um, into our practice. And what we're saying with learner agency is, you know, that's what helps kids stay engaged. And they don't learn if they're not engaged. So give yourself that time. You know, the, the time you spend on those practices increases their retention and engagement with the content that you really want them to learn. Nice. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? know that I I just appreciate the time around the conversation and know that it's an ongoing uh, practice and don't give up teachers the first time you try to give choice um, don't give up because you may think gosh you know they don't like it or some of the seniors I had it's easier when you just tell me what to do right right. that struggle is going to happen so don't stop just because uh, they're going to struggle but over time you're going to see it pays off in those kinds of independent practices and Gosh, if kindergartners can do it, first graders can do it, I know we can do it with our high school students as well.
0: All right. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Beth. So thanks for listening in and going uh, beyond embedding choice in your instruction and really looking at more advanced ways to promote learner agency. This has been a Central Rivers AEA Learning On Demand podcast.